Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. My name is Drew Stedman, and welcome to the Jimmy Seibert Podcast. I'm the U.S. Director here at Antioch, and get the privilege today to be here with Jimmy. And Jimmy, uh, we were talking about how God has often called you to do something, and your life has been just saying yes and just doing it, right? like Nike. And <laughs> wanted to tell a few stories, have you share with us about what does that look like for you? Sure. And why don't you start off, tell me about the airplane story. Yeah, well, maybe as a backdrop before uh, I do, you know, there's this um, story in Scripture where uh, the the uh, disciples are asking Jesus several questions, and he said uh, about his family, and he said, well, who are my mothers and brothers and fathers and sisters and all that? He says, those who hear the Word of God and obey it, that's my family. That's my family line. It's not just people that talk about God, but people that follow God. That's that's who I I'm calling you to be like or to be a part of. And and I think that we complicate Christianity uh, in, in theological terms where it's pretty simple, right? Listen and obey, pray and obey. It's the obedience piece that unlocks stuff that's just amazing. And at times, it maybe obedience may be too strong, just taking the opportunity to share the gospel, to reach out to somebody or love somebody. So, Anyway, with all that as a backdrop, uh, Laura and I, this was, I think it was 2010, and we were um, flying out to Orlando, Florida, actually, to be uh, at our U.S. church planning conference. And um, and so, uh, because I travel so much, every once in a while I get bumped up to first class for free. I've never paid for first class, by the way. Uh, and so I got bumped up, and we're in the two bulkhead seats. So as soon as you walk on the plane, those two bulkhead seats, Laura and I are there, um, really tired. And I'm thinking, man, it's going to be a good two-and-a-half-hour flight. And, and actually, I was going to put my headphones on, listen to some worship, read my Bible, just kind of lay back casually, get ready for this big conference, okay? So um, there's two seats behind us that are empty, and the rest of first class is full. And right at the last minute before they close the door, some people come stumbling on the plane. And I mean stumbling because they were drunk. It was a, a man and a lady, and they were they were really drunk, and and um, and they were really loud. So they sit down, and of course, everybody's a little disconcerted. You know, all the first hoity-toity first class people. Uh, you included. We were one of them uh, that day. And so... Everybody was a little, you know, disconcerted and everything else. And and I and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I'm just getting settled. You know, I hope these guys settle down. So they get in their seat and they are talking trash. I mean, like sexual stuff, but really loudly. Oh no! Right. So it's not only are they just loud and drunk, but then they're going over the edge, you know, with stuff that's making the whole kind of uh, little front area uncomfortable. And then I start, I'm looking at the steward, it was a guy, and I'm thinking, why doesn't that guy do something? What's wrong with that guy? I mean, come on, what kind of a what kind of a worker are you? So I'm kind of judging this guy, getting mad at him, because I want to listen to my worship music, man. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, Laura elbows me and says, as we get airborne, uh, she yells, she says, you hear that? I said, who can't? I mean, everybody hears it. She said, you need to do something. You need to do something. I said, what do you want me to do? You know, 
because uh, they're just going on and on. And she says, you need to do something. And if you don't do something, I am. And I thought, oh, no. Now, I will say this about my wife. If you guys know her, you know, you see her as just meek, mild, kind, loving, and everything else. But, man, she has a righteousness. Uh, I call it the justice meter. And when the justice meter goes off, something is unrighteous, she will stand up to anybody anywhere. So there is an unrighteous thing happening behind us, right? So I think, okay, well, uh, I, I can't let her do it because that'll be, that'll be a big bomb. I need to do it. So, so I literally get on my knees in my chair, turn around and face like I'm looking <laughs> over the chairs at this couple, and I'm on my knees. And I said, hi, how are y'all? And they look up in shock, you know. And by that time, everybody in first class, right? There's, there's 16. So you are causing a scene. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm looking at a seat. Hi, how are y'all doing? And they're like, uh, okay. And I said, hey, um, I'm a pastor, and I couldn't help but hearing that you guys are having a little struggle because they were fighting in and off as well. And I said, I just wonder if there isn't something I could pray for you about, and, and, and is there anything I could do for you? And the guy kind of grunts a little bit, and the lady said, really? You would pray for me? She said, my mom used to pray for me. She's, and then, then tears going down her eyes. She said, I'm so sorry. I know we're making a scene. I started drinking early this morning. My mom died a month ago. Oh, wow. And I can't get rid of the pain. Wow. So here we are. We're in a moment. I mean, like, it is a holy moment within seconds. And and uh, so we talk a little, ask her a few questions about her mom and so on and so forth. And I just said, hey, let's hold hands. And I grab their hands and pray the peace of God and the rule and reign of God and all that good stuff. So we probably talked for maybe 10 minutes in a, in a prayer time and so on and so forth. And, of course, as you can imagine, everybody's leaning in. I can feel their eyes. I'm not looking at them because I'm, I'm focused on this couple. So, amen. I sit back down on my seat. And I look at Lord. I see. I did it. There. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so then immediately the couple that, that, that was having all the trouble— they close their eyes. They fall asleep. It's all quiet. First it's power class. of prayer. Yeah, power of prayer. So, so I have somebody lean across from me and say, "That was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe you did that." Uh, somebody across the aisle. Somebody else went to the bathroom and said, uh, "I'm a believer. Way to go, man. I was going to do it, but I'm so glad yeah, you did." Sure, you were. I was like, "You weren't going to do nothing, <laughs> sure, man. You weren't going to do nothing." So, um, and. Uh, a couple other people during the flight came up, and then when we got to baggage, I mean, I, I guarantee you almost every person in first class said something to me of, wow, thank you, that was amazing, I'm a Christian, some of them, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But he, here's, a, here's, here's what I learned from that situation. Not only do we able to love this couple, and I, and I shared the gospel with them and, and in depth and prayed with them and all that, um, was um, that everybody wanted somebody to do something, but nobody would. Right. Right? And and when it comes to being a believer, take it up a notch, right? Everybody uh, wants to share the gospel. They just didn't. Or I wanted to give some extra money to somebody beyond, you know, out of a need. Or I wanted it, but they just didn't, right? And 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 I, I think that, like the, the Nike phrase, just do it, whatever it is that's kind of plaguing your mind, just do it. Just, just, just do it anyway, you know? Um, and I think that's the story of my life is I just somewhere decided I'm going to quit thinking about it because it's, it's driving me loopy and I'm just going to start sharing the gospel or I'm just going to start reaching out to people or I'm just going to start 
um, uh, doing whatever's uh, before me. So uh, I was I was um, thinking about um, when we were um, in uh, back to the Russia days. We were on the airplane, and we had this whole stack in our backpack of 150 tracks, uh, at least 150. And I get on the plane, and in those days, it's kind of crazy. Uh, nobody was really policing anything because uh, the, the uh, regimes collapsed, and it's just kind of crazy on the plane. So I thought, well, nobody's going to stop me. I'll go down and give everybody a track. So literally, there must have been 150, 40-something people on the plane. I handed out tracks to everybody, like, and they were booklets, not just little tracks. They were like books about the life of Jesus. And I looked down the aisles, and everybody's reading the books, wow. right? And then uh, me and another buddy, I just said, all right, we're just going to go row to row and just go down, the, go to the line and start talking to people. We had people crying. We got people, people got healed of uh, chest pains and knee problems. Um, uh, I mean, the glory of God showed up. Um, one guy was reading a pornographic magazine, put it down and was reading a Jesus track. I mean, just, just in one moment, that one little action caused the change on the whole plane. And then uh, uh, this was one of the first times I did this, but I made this my habit. And then I went into the cockpit, because in those days you could. I went in the cockpit, shared the gospel with all the uh, the guys, and then uh, prayed over them in the name of Jesus. Now, somebody said, that's a wild story. I wish I had enough guts to do it, etc." Well, the deal is all of us as believers have the ability to do whatever uh, uh, is before us if we just do it, right? And maybe another one would be like in finances. You know, we're all afraid with money. Right. Like, like oh, I'm, if I give up this, what about that? And and uh, and all that stuff. And one of my, uh, just a handful of years ago, um, uh, we I was doing a sermon on giving, and I felt deeply convicted that Okay, I need to give radically today because at the end of the service, I was going to have people come up and give money. So I thought, well, I need to I need to get involved in this. So, um, uh, so the I had I got whatever cash we had at that time. We didn't have any money. I mean, when I mean we didn't have any money, I'm not talking. We had no savings, no retirement, no anything. We had no money, and um, and but um, Laura and I put cash together, and I had sixty dollars. And I said, okay, we had three services at the time. I'll give $20 as an illustration uh, in, in the middle of the sermon. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, who is the person that I give the money to in the first service? And there was this gal that was highlighted. And I, I, I asked somebody her name. Her name was Rachel. And she's very involved with us now, but was just on the phone of getting involved with us. So in the middle of the sermon, I said, Rachel... Um, I'm talking about giving and the power of money and how it changes people's lives. And I said, Rachel, and she's looking around. I said, yeah, could you just come up here a minute? And I just said, you know, God sees and God knows and God cares about you. And as I'm thinking and I'm telling her this and I'm reaching in my pocket, I feel the Holy Spirit say, give all of it. And I was saying, Lord, I mean, I only have 60 bucks and I got two more services, <laughs> and you're taking my illustration. But it's why you should come to the first service. Everybody. Sure, that's every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what does it matter, right? I mean, what what what's the worst thing? I'm gonna bless this girl with sixty bucks, and I don't have money for the next. Who cares? So I give her the sixty dollars. Find out later that um, she was invited to be in a wedding, 
and was about to tell her girlfriend no because it was $60 for the dress. Wow. Isn't that good? That's so good. Yeah. So then at the end of the service, I had people come up and I said, pray about whatever the, the uh, whoever God puts on your heart, come pray for somebody and give to them whatever God leads you to give to them. And I mean, thousands of dollars uh, changed hands and, and uh, people came to the Lord uh, who were broken uh, because somebody gave something, you know, meaningful to them. So all this was going on. Then at the end of the service, we're still in the first service. People came up to me and one, the first lady said, hey, uh, I was praying and God told me to give you $20 just, uh, and I don't know why, right? Then another person came up. Then another person came up. Some people said, I felt like God told me to give this to you to give to whoever. Well, um, literally I had over $120 for the next service. So double my money, wow. right? So reached out. Now I had it at 120. So I've got 120 and some change, and uh, God highlights uh, uh, another a single mom on the front row who um, always had a dream of starting a bake shop. Uh, she's made incredible cakes and baked goods, and everything. And so I felt like God highlighted her. So I had her. I said, uh, Laura, I just want you to know God sees and God knows. I had her come up and and I gave her the 120 and prayed over her and all that good stuff. And and I said, I said, I, her, but her desire, you guys, her dream is to start a cake shop. And I would encourage you at the end of the service for people to come up to her and just as you feel led, just give to it. She had eleven thousand dollars come in that day. She needed ten thousand to open the storefront. She ended up being the front end baker for Magnolia when they started. She Her cupcakes was, are amazing, they're, and they're still good, right? Um, so, all right. So now we're. So I give the whole one twenty, right? Because I mean, why not, right? I'm on a roll. So the next, the next service. The same thing happens. I mean, or at the end of the service, people are giving me money and just saying, give it in the next service. So I didn't double my money that time. I counted, I actually had $234. Somebody didn't hear God. Six, six bucks short. short six yeah. bucks short. But now Whatever I'm at two, 230 And God highlights this particular gal named Jessica. And uh, the service gets going, and I get up and start preaching. I'm looking around, and I don't see her. She's not in the seat that she was in. And I think, now what am I going to do? I mean, if I call her name out and she's not here, uh, that's awkward. And, you know, what do I do? But, you know, you just say, well, what's what's the worst thing to say? I missed it. And, uh, uh, you know, Johnny, come on up and get <laughs> yeah. blessed. I mean, it's not like a big deal. So so I go for it. And I said, Jessica, uh, I don't know where you are, but I just want you to know that I feel like God highlighted you. And if, if somebody knows Jessica, so I'm kind of making the excuse now You're to stalling. pass the money. I'm stalling. And a head pops up from the balcony area. And that at that time, the third service, the bottom was full, but we closed off the balcony. A head pops up, and she's looking shocked. And she starts walking down the aisle just crying, just boo-hooing. Whoa. She gets to the stage, and we and I just say, how you doing? What's going on? And she said, I was about to walk out of the service uh, because I felt like God's abandoned me. And, and my needs are just great financially, practically in every way. And the Holy Spirit said, just come back here and lay down, and I'll minister to you. So I went to the balcony area, and I just had been laying down here. And then you called my name. Wow. And I said, it wasn't me that called your name. It was God who called your name. Wow. And that was a kickstart for her provision. Today, she and her husband are just uh, great business people and, and involved in our community and, and, and just doing great. So so here's the here's the beauty of this thing, right? Um, just do it, right? There's no, there's no reason 
uh, not to take a risk. Uh, scripture says if you sow sparingly, reap sparingly, sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I give 60 bucks to somebody? Exactly. Uh, you know, God's, God's got my back, so I'm fine. But who knows what God will do with one uh, simple act of obedience. Um, uh, I remember one time I was, um, we were at this event, and um, this, uh, and I, I felt like God spoke to me. There was a lady in front of me, and uh, I think she is a believer. I'm not sure. But um, God said, tell her that there's nothing to fear, and then I'm going to pull her through this. It's going to be okay. And I'm, and I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of weird. I don't know her. And so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm praying about it, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, wait till the end. And it was like a, it wasn't like a TED talk, but it was some kind of uh, event. It wasn't a church service. We were listening to someone do their deal. So it's in this deal, and I felt like the Lord said, "Now." And so I tell her that now, and she just write tears, undone, just unraveled. And she said, "How did you know?" And I said, "Well, you know, God sees, God knows." And and she said. I just got a text five minutes ago Whoa. about a tragedy, and I'm having an anxiety. I'm in the middle of an anxiety attack. And then when you spoke that word, it left. That's and amazing. I, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So so the, the preciseness of God, right? It's not just taking the leap of faith, but God even has pre- precision, uh, knowing when, what needs to happen when. So it just makes me want to love God and live on the adventure and not try to... Just be so self-consumed all the time. So just do it creates incredible opportunities to change the world. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.